Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. morning, everybody. Thank you, Brianne. Uh, so glad to be back with you again this week. I hope that this week has been a profitable, exciting, joyful week rather than a frustrating week for you. Uh, we're glad to be back with you here on Virtual Church. want to let you know and remind you that we are praying for you, that we are here for you. We want to hear from you, uh, that if you have anything that you need prayer for, uh, we, we want to know about it so that we can be a blessing to you, so that we can uh, continue to lift you up in prayer. Um, and uh, one of the things I want to say is uh, if this broadcast is a blessing to you, if this is ministering to your faith, then we ask you to share it with people because I think there are a lot of people out there who are not getting the encouragement that they need, uh, even Christian people and church people that feel disconnected right now. So if this broadcast is blessing you, would you share it with somebody uh, and put it out to them? Uh, I think that'll be a great blessing to them. Uh, we're going to continue today in this three-part series that we started last week, which is called Quarantined, How to Thrive Behind Closed Doors. And um, as we do, I want to give you just an update on the COVID-19 situation here in our county, in Watauga County, North Carolina. As of this morning, there are only five cases of COVID-19 in the county, and we've had zero deaths. Uh, and that's something that we can rejoice over. That's something we can get excited about, uh, especially as we look to different places. I was online last night uh, on a Facebook broadcast with one of my mentors, and um, he's from New York. He lives in Brooklyn. And he was telling me a little bit about the situation there, and uh, it's quite different than what we're experiencing here. And I think for that, we need to really rejoice and be glad about it. But uh, we're going to continue today in this three-part series called Quarantined. Uh, last week, we talked about Elijah being quarantined in the cave. And this week we're going to talk about Jonah, but I wanted to just quickly review what we learned and what we absorbed last week was we learned that Elijah, in, in the midst of all this chaos that was going on around him, he learned to hear the voice of God in the cave. He learned to discern God's voice in the place that he was isolated. And uh, we asked the question, what are we going to do while we're in isolation? What are we going to do with the cave that we're in? Uh, and so I hope that was an encouragement to you. I hope it challenged your faith and caused you to think a little bit about what we need to be doing in our lives individually and as families during this time of quarantine. Uh, we're going to jump forward and talk about Jonah today. So I would like for you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Jonah chapter 1. While you're turning, we're going to do what we always do on Sunday mornings, which is we're going to make our confession of faith together that we always make on Sunday mornings. You'll be able to see it on this screen behind me. And I want you to declare this in your living room just as strong as you would if you were sitting uh, here with us this morning in the church, okay? So let's say this out loud together. Thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you. My heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I am growing in the things of God. We believe that that is true for you and for me this morning. Amen. Let's turn to Jonah chapter 1, and we're going to read 
uh, beginning in verse 13 down through the end of the chapter and into chapter 2. Before we read, I want to give us the details uh, of Jonah's story. Maybe, you, maybe you're familiar with this story. You probably know that Jonah got caught inside of a fish at some point. But uh, let me give us a little bit of a backstory so that we can get the most out of this passage today. Um, most of us know the details of this story, but for those who don't, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach a message of judgment. Uh, God was sending Jonah to this city, this large city. The Bible says it took three days to walk around the entire city of Nineveh. And God sent Jonah to this place to deliver his message to the people of Nineveh, which in this case was a message of judgment. God wanted, to, God wanted them to know, hey, you better get yourselves together or else I'm going to judge this land. I'm going to judge this city. And, uh, and so we know the story. Jonah disobeyed and went to a different city called Tarshish. He was on his way to the city of Tarshish. He was running away from the calling of God. Uh, you may be able to relate to that. I know that I can. There's been times in my life when I've been running from the call of God to be a pastor, running from the call of God to uh, do what I'm supposed to do. And God thankfully got a hold of me, and he, did, he got a hold of Jonah too. Um, so he disobeyed, and he went to Tarshish. He avoided preaching this message of judgment that God wanted to preach. And the reason he avoided preaching it was because he was irritated that God would be merciful to the people of Nineveh. You see, the reason God wanted Jonah to go preach this message was so that the hearts of the people of Nineveh would turn. God did not want to judge the city of Nineveh. In fact, he wanted to extend mercy to them. And if you read the whole book of Jonah, you find out that's exactly what happened. God showed mercy to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah knew that God was going to do that. And it kind of actually irritated him. One of the reasons he was running from God was because Jonah was self-righteous. Jonah didn't want to deliver this message of God to his people, and he didn't want to see God show mercy to these folks. Jonah's real problem was that he was self-righteous. He was religious. It's kind of an interesting thing. It actually caused him, his self-righteousness caused him to disobey God. Isn't that amazing? Let's keep going. On the way to Tarshish, this storm arises. And I find this to be incredibly interesting because, you know, disobedience always creates difficulty. Here is Jonah trying to run from the, from the plan of God for his life. And in the midst of this, he encounters a raging storm on the sea. And I think it's a very good reminder to you and me that disobedience always, always creates for us difficulties in our life. We can learn a lot from Jonah's mistakes. Now, the men that are on this boat that Jonah is on sailing to Tarshish are freaking out because this storm is really causing a lot of problems for them. And they're on the boat trying to figure out what to do. And it's right in that moment that we pick up the story in Jonah chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading in verse 13. And we're going to go down through the 10th verse of Jonah chapter 2. But let's begin in verse 13 of Jonah 1. And it says, Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons.' 
Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. That's this one, one way to calm the storm, huh? Jesus did it by speaking to it, but uh, these guys didn't know any better, so they just chucked Jonah overboard. So the sailors were awestruck, verse 16. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish, and he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down into the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves." Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed around me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. You thought you were having a bad hair day. I sank down into the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given to you. Isn't that amazing? What an incredible story. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I've never faced the challenge that Jonah faced to literally be swallowed and partially digested in the belly of a giant fish. This story used to always make me think about the movie Pinocchio. I don't know if you remember the movie Pinocchio, but in the movie Pinocchio, he, he's in his little ship and he gets swallowed by this big giant whale and there he is living inside the whale, remembering the good old days with Geppetto and uh, trying to figure out how he's going to get out. But, you know, I think for all the discomfort that you and I find ourselves in right now, uh, that we're having to stay indoors for most of the time and that we're doing things we're not comfortable or used to doing, like trying to make sure our kids have stuff to do all day long, homeschooling, all the stuff that we're dealing with right now. For all of that, I'm reminded that we still don't have it as bad as Jonah did. At least I don't have seaweed wrapped around my head. At least I'm not inside the belly of a fish. I, um, I was thinking this week, I came across a post that I thought was pretty interesting. It told the story of Anne Frank during World War II when she was hiding from the Nazis. Her and seven other people were quarantined inside of a 400-square-foot room hiding out from the Nazis. Not only were they quarantined, they were quarantined in a tiny place, and they were, they were hiding literally for their lives so that they had to be quiet all the time. They were, they were living in absolute isolation for fear of their lives. And you know how long they did it for? They did it for over 700 days. Guys, that's two years almost. 
That's, that's really incredible how long that they, that they were able to stay in a small, tiny, contained room. You and I, even though it's challenging right now, we have a lot to be thankful for. Because we're not like Jonah. We're not literally trapped inside of an animal. Number two, we're not like Anne Frank, trapped with seven other people in a small, tiny house fearing for our lives. We've got a lot to rejoice about. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Now, there's four things that I wanted to point out from this story. Four things that Jonah learned from being in the fish. Number one, he learned that he could cry out to God regardless of his surroundings. I want you to look again at verse 2 of chapter 2. It says, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and He answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Isn't that amazing? No matter where Jonah found himself, he found himself literally thrown overboard, you know, being tossed around in the waves, just sinking, really didn't have, there was nothing he could do to save his own life at this point. And in the midst of that, he gets swallowed by a fish. This dude is in a tough spot. He's in a jam. And literally, he realizes, no matter where I'm at, I can still cry out to the Lord. I think the message to you and me is simple. You and I, no matter what part of life we're in, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, you and I can cry out to the Lord. There's no situation so terrible, there's no problem so great that you and I cannot hit our knees and cry out to God. I want to encourage you to do that in this time. The second thing that Jonah learned, and this is awesome, he learned that when he cried out to God, that God would actually hear him. That's amazing. You see, I, 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 wonder, I wonder how many people never pray because they think God's not listening. I wonder how many people would actually really like to talk to God but stop themselves short because they're concerned that even though if I pray, God's not going to listen. He's not going to hear me. He doesn't care about where I'm at. You know, this was kind of the disciples' attitude in the New Testament. When they're in a similar situation, they're on a stormy sea, and the, you know the story. The Bible says that Jesus is asleep in the back of this boat, and they're on the Sea of Galilee, and the wind and the waves are tossing them, and they go and they wake up Jesus, and this is the question they have for Jesus. They say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? It's a crazy thing to ask the one who was going to die on the cross for you, to ask him whether or not he cares. But you know what I find? I find a lot of people don't know whether or not God really cares for them. I find that there's probably a lot of people, you might even be one of them, or maybe you know somebody who has wanted to pray. They want to talk to God. They want to commune with their Heavenly Father, but they're so nervous and they're so concerned that God's not actually going to hear them, that He doesn't care enough about them to respond. But I want to tell you that nothing could be farther from the truth. We heard about it when Gracie was praying this morning when she was reading John 15. God delights in answering our prayers. He delights in being there for us when we need Him the most. He loves when we rely on Him. Matter of fact, it's what we were created to do, to rely on Him for everything. So number one, Jonah learned that he could cry out to God no matter what situation he was in. Number two, he learned that when he did, God would hear him. Look at this verse 2 again. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I want to tell you this morning, God's going to answer you when you pray. He longs to be near to you. 
So don't let your own concern, don't let your own worry stop you from praying, from talking to the Lord because he wants to be there for you. Number three, and this I think is the big takeaway for us today. This is what I think is the biggest thing that we need to learn from Jonah's story. He learned, number three, he learned to trust in God and God alone. You see, we, we think of Jonah's story as being an obedience story, which it is. It is about obedience. But before it was even about obedience, it was about trust. Look at verses 8 and 9 of chapter 2. This blew me away when I read it. I thought this was so good. It says, Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. Verse number 9, But I will offer sacrifices to you, with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. Watch this. Here, here it is, guys. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah's biggest lesson that he could have ever learned in the belly of a fish was that there was nobody else that he could rely upon except for the Lord and for the Lord alone. Jonah's big heart change, the big thing that happened in Jonah's life is that he actually learned how to trust God in the midst of adversity. I believe for you and for me, the challenge, the thing to learn is exactly the same. Are we going to be the kind of people who trust in God and who trust in Him alone in this situation? Again, we think of Jonah as a story of obedience, which it is, but the greater context is that Jonah learned how to trust God. You see, obedience without trust was never God's intention for us. God doesn't want a bunch of robots running around, I will obey God, I will obey God. No, He wants some people that are in relationship with Him, who trust Him, and because of their trust for Him and trust in Him, they are willing to be obedient. Jonah, if you continue to read through chapter 3 and into chapter 4, you find out that Jonah did exactly what God wanted him to do. But the only reason he did, the only reason he obeyed, was because he first learned how to trust in God. This is so huge. This is so dramatically important for us that we learn how to trust in our Heavenly Father. I know if I, if I could look through the camera and look into your eyes today, I would want to ask you with all sincerity, are you trusting God? Every morning when you wake up and you're quarantined to your couch and you're quarantined to your kitchen and you're quarantined to your little home, are you willing to trust in the Lord? Are you willing to put Him first in your life? This is the biggest question we could ever ask ourselves. Are we willing to be the kind of people who trust in God? Because when we trust in Him, it makes our obedience worthwhile. It makes our obedience mean something. Amen. You understand what I'm saying to you? You can be obedient, but be obedient because you trust the Lord and your life will improve. You'll see changes happening in the world around you as a result. Number four, this is kind of a bonus fourth thing that Elijah learned. And this comes from verse 10 of chapter two. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Isn't that cool? Isn't it cool that God could order fish around and tell them what to do? God ordered Jonah's fish to spit him up onto the beach. 
You say, well, what did he learn in that? What did Jonah learn by getting puked out of a fish? I'll tell you exactly what. I know the kids are laughing just because I said puked. What did Jonah learn by getting puked out of a fish? I'll tell you exactly what he learned. He learned that no situation lasts forever. He learned that three days in a fish is a long time to be in a fish. But there's no situation that lasts forever. I'm here to tell you the Bible says that the end of a thing shall be better than the beginning of that same thing. I'm here to tell you that if it's not the end, and if, or excuse me, if it's not good, it's not the end. The end of a thing is better than the beginning of the thing. So if it's not good, it's not the end. I've had this thing rolling around in my heart all week, this phrase that keeps coming up. God didn't bring us this far just to bring us this far. He didn't bring us here only to leave us here. God's plan for you has not changed. His desire for you has not changed. And you can be like Jonah and, and learn that nothing lasts forever. No situation is forever. This situation we're facing, it's tough. It's challenging. It's uncomfortable. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, guys. It may be in a week. It may be in five weeks. It may be in two months. It may be in six months. I don't know. And I don't have to know. Because we're learning to trust God. We're learning to stay obedient in the midst of all these things. Now, as we close today, I'm going to pray for you in just a second. But as we do, I want to remind you about our generosity as a church. I want to remind you to be generous during this time. You know, the Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19, it's such a popular scripture that most of us have heard if we've gone to church for any length of time. And it's an important one for us to remember. It says that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I want to remind you today that God's going to supply your needs and my needs and the needs of our church and the needs of your family. I want to look into this lens and speak into the, to the heart and the life of somebody who might be nervous and terrified. Listen to me. God is not going to let you go hungry. God is not going to allow your life to fall apart in this crazy situation. He is still God. And the word that he said in Philippians 4 about meeting our needs, that has not changed not even one little tiny bit. So I want to encourage you by faith to be generous. I want to encourage you, church family, to still continue to tithe and still continue to give. My wife and I are doing that. We're tithing with joy and excitement because we know God's going to see us through every single little detail of this issue. You're not going to go hungry. You're not going to lose your house. You're not going to lose all this stuff. God will help you, and he'll continue to support you and uphold you. His economy and his supply has nothing to do with what we face here on the earth. That scripture says that he would meet our needs according to his riches in glory. So I want to encourage you that as the video concludes that you can scroll down and, and click to give and to support the church online. We're going to continue to do everything that we've always done. We're going to continue to support the missionaries that we're supporting. I was just speaking with a new friend um, in northern Italy. My, uh, my friend, Pastor Matteo from northern Italy, and he was sharing with me some of the things that are going on there. And I told him, I said, we want to support you, brother. We want to be a blessing to you. And so we're going to continue to give as a church and sow during this season and continue to be generous. So we thank you for your continued generosity. It doesn't just help to serve our church locally, but it helps to serve all the way around the world.
Now, wherever you're sitting right now, I want you to take a moment, gather your family together. Let's pray together as we conclude this service today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for every single person who's watching this broadcast. I thank you for every family. I thank you for every home. I thank you, God, that amidst this chaos, we need to continue to remind ourselves that you had not given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I want to thank you, Father, that you have not forgotten us, that you have protected us, that you have kept us, that you are continuing to support and strengthen us even in the midst of this trying and challenging time. So today, Father, I speak favor, I speak peace, I speak grace, and I speak life over your people today, Father. I thank you for encouraging us and strengthening us today. I thank you for teaching us through the story of Jonah how that no matter what situation we are in, we can still pray, we can still trust that you're going to hear us from heaven, and most of all, we can trust you. We can put our trust in you and in you alone. I want to thank you. Thank you for teaching this word to us today. Thank you for causing our hearts to embrace what we've heard and causing that word like a seed being deposited in our hearts to be cultivated and to grow so that the things we've heard today can produce much fruit in our hearts and in our lives and in your kingdom. We thank you for these things and it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. Now listen, guys. Keep checking in with Virtual Church Online for announcements and updates and anything that's happening at our church. You can return to this webpage to find out and to stay in touch with everything that's going on. Don't forget about small groups. Don't forget about Minute of Hope. Encourage the people in our community uh, at every chance that you get. And don't forget that Jesus loves you and we love you and your life counts. God bless you. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.